I learned that the only way I could lead and motivate, I had to outwork them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got on the show the second year and I just shut my mouth. And I just worked my butt off. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 858, and today I am pumped. I am extremely pumped because I am going to share with you my next guest, and this here is just, uh, well, it's something that I never knew that it would even be possible, and that is to get this guy on the podcast. Now, to some people, it might not seem that big of a deal, but anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge fan of this show, and that show is Gold Rush. And the guy that I'm going to be interviewing today is Mr. Dave Turin. And uh, let me just say, I've been following Gold Rush probably since season one, and I just love the show because it shows challenges and struggles and just trying to find the gold, right? Like trying to find the solution, trying to fix things along the way. And it reminds me so much of business and life because there's things that we have to deal with and we might feel we're at our lowest point but how do we get through it? But with that all being said, the reason why I wanted to get Dave on, number one is I just, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm a huge fan of him. And he's actually got a a new spinoff show that was actually, that it came from Gold Rush. He tells the whole story as far as like how that even happened. He actually left the show and why he left the show. And then how he did a couple other things that didn't really work. And then, um, well, got into doing his, uh, his show now, which is Dave Turin's Lost Mind. It's where he goes out and finds mines that have been closed down or left to people and people don't have enough money to go out there and to start up gold mining on the property. And he finds these and then turns that into a show, which is brilliant. But the cool thing that I learned, and you're gonna also be able to hear and learn about Dave, is that he's a hard worker. And he is just a regular everyday guy but also someone that's had some struggles along the way. And even most recently, like I said, when he landed the show and how that all happened, he talks about it, but then how he left the show and from there left with now what, right? And so you're gonna hear all of the ins and outs. You're also gonna hear Dave and I talk about him possibly coming back on the show and getting an update from this upcoming season. He couldn't talk about really the season um, just because it was being aired as we were doing this. Uh, But man, I wanna give a shout out to my wife, Lisa, who actually made this happen. She's been doing my outreach now for getting some amazing guests on the show like Dean Graciosi, Jordan Harbinger, some really amazing guests. And uh, now Dave Turin. So I'm going to stop talking guys. Now you guys can see I'm kind of fired up so you can sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with my new friend, Dave Turin. 
Well, hey, Dave, welcome to the podcast, man. This is an honor. This is, uh, this is actually a little surreal. I, I watch you on TV and here you are and we're hanging out and uh, it's early morning for you. But man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to hang out with us here this morning. Well, thanks for the same. Thanks for having me on your show. I know it's kind of a risk. You don't know me and I could be some wacko that, <laughs> but anyway, no, I think we have similar backgrounds, uh, business. I love business. I love, uh, mining. I love doing what I do. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, and so what I do want to do though, is cause some people would be saying, Scott, you know, you talk a lot about business. Your show is built around business, right? About building brands, but I'm also about building a lifestyle that supports my family and spending time with my family and all that stuff. And I know that you, that's really important to you as well. We were just talking about grandkids and all that stuff before we actually recorded, but I believe that what you guys are doing and even you as a person like you, I can tell you're a driven individual and you're someone that's not going to give up without a fight. Right. And so that's why I want to bring people on. We have these Wednesday featured guests. You're one of those. And I think we can learn a lot from where, you know, like, where do you come from? But then also what made you who you are and what do you still learn today from doing what you do? So maybe what we can do is get people caught up I mean, obviously, they probably have watched the show, and if they didn't, they're going to want to watch your new show, actually, and we'll talk more about that and stuff, but we won't go into anything about, like, upcoming season or any of that stuff, because we got to wait on that. I want to wait on that. I want to wait to see. I'm excited, um, but let's just kind of go back a little bit. So, Dave Turin, like, high school, like, what are, what's Dave Turin going to be? Like, gets out of high school, has these, like, grand vision of, like, what he's going to do. I'm sure you're doing exactly what you thought you were going to do in high school, right, Dave? Yeah, all right, right. <laughs> Well, I was uh, six six kids in my family, and oh, wow. I was the third brother. So I have three brothers. There's four of us. We, by the way, still own our business. We bought mom and dad out of our business uh, oh. about 15 years ago. Okay. And I'm still 25% owner. It's a paving company. Uh, we have a rock quarry. We have trucks. So we build roads, okay. pave, sell rock, things like that. Um, but in growing up, my oldest brother was smart, mm. athletic, and uh, I always looked up to him. And I was about three and a half years younger. Then there's a brother between me and my oldest, but he wasn't as competitive, wasn't as athletic. But I always looked to my older brother. I mean, like he was the quarterback. Uh, he was like all state basketball player. Wow. Their team got like fifth place in this state in the largest high school team. And, and I just always remember now I was never that gifted of an athlete. I was shorter. I'm five foot 10. I never had, you know, the athletic ability. And so for me, I had to, I had to be there the longest after practice. I had to practice harder than anybody. And so that instilled in me that drive. And I always felt like I was the underdog. Mm. And then as I, progressed in high school I became a pretty good football player mm -hmm. I we had a very successful high school team went on to play two years at junior college football mm -hmm. was an all-conference uh, in junior college went to a university Oregon State University walked on got my rear end handed to me and figured <laughs> out I figured out pretty quick I didn't belong there a real quick story so I walk in first day I'm at a university right yeah. And, and, uh, this is big time, man. There's dudes that are the real deal. And I walk downstairs into the basement to get my stuff. There's a crusty old guy that's been there for 70 years. He looks at me and he goes, he looks at his roster. He looks at me 
looks at his roster and he looks at me and he goes, son, five foot 10, 170 pounds. He goes, you realize this is the Pac-10, son? <laughs> that was wow. Like and he hands me my stuff and I was already like defeated. Oh, anyway, no. yeah, I got my butt kicked and figured out pretty quick that I would, the best I was going to do was be on special teams. So I walked away from football shortly after that. Um, my wife was going to, at, we weren't married, but she was going to nursing school. Mm -hmm. And so I quit school for a year to help her get through school. We get married. And then eventually after three kids, I graduate with an engineering degree. Okay. So I've got an engineering degree and another quick story. My wife says, what do engineers do? And I go, I well, want to know that same thing. <laughs> Because there's so many different types, right? It's like, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. So I went to civil engineering and I said, well, you know, we sit at a desk and design things. And she looked at me. She goes, you can't sit at a desk. So this whole time through college and, and pay, you know, working my way through, we, I was running the family business. We were paving roads and doing all that. Okay. She goes, really, you can't, you can't sit at home or in an office and design things. And I was like, yeah, I, maybe not. So we, uh, about that time after graduating, I packed the kids up in our, in our station wagon and I head out, I went to Arizona, I went to California and I'm looking for an engineering job. And this is in the eighties when the economy was horrible. Yeah. I can't find anything. So I come back home and about that time we had a paving plant in somebody else's rock quarry and Dad and the brothers approached me and says, look, would you come back into the family business and run the rock quarry? And I looked, I was like, sure. So we all threw in money on the okay. family rock quarry. And it was a huge risk, mm. a huge gamble. I didn't know anything about crushing rocks. I didn't know anything about mining. I just was like, let's go. Mm. And, and off we went. And it was, it's very successful. Uh, does very well. It provided for all of our families. You know, all my brothers are well. All of our children, by the way, it gave us an opportunity to teach our kids how to work. And here's mm -hmm. a good, good little bit of advice. You know how uh, father sons, there's always a little friction. Uh huh. What we would do is they'd go work for an uncle. So yeah. I'd have my, I'd have my nephews working for me. Now the nephews oh. can't say, "Hey, Uncle Dave, I've got." you know, baseball practice at two. Yeah. Now you might be able to get away with it with dad because mom's back in the kid, right? Well, right, if it's right. your nephew, the nephew isn't going to say, Hey, uncle Dave, I've got to go to a ball game. Yeah. I'm like, well, you're going to go to the ball game five minutes before you have to be there. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's the way we raised our kids. Like my kids work for my brothers and then um, their kids, even the, our daughters, they were flagging. My, my oldest daughter did quality control. Wow. So yeah, we raised the kids in the business and taught them how to work. And mm. because of that, they're all successful. Molda's daughter's a banker. She has a master's degree in finance. She, she's a manager of high wealth clients. Oh wow! My son's an, my son's an eye doctor and my youngest daughter is a, a teacher. Oh wow. So they've all done well. That's great. Very well. That's yeah. great. Well, yeah. And I think hard work goes a long way. I mean, it's funny because in today's society, 
you don't really see that as much, right? Like it's like go out and mow the lawn or go out and rake the yard or just, I mean, little stuff like that. It's like, that's unheard of um, yeah. to do it. I mean, I was raised a similar way. My father would say, oh, you want to go to the movies? Good, go mow someone's lawn. <laughs> I'd go mow someone's lawn for five bucks and I'd go to the movies. You know what I mean? Like I had to go do it. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just handed like here, here's 10 bucks, go to the movies, buy yourself some popcorn. It's like, no, no, there's some lawns that need mowing. You should go knock on their door and ask if they want to get their lawn mowed. You yeah, know? exactly. So, That's the same um, way I grew up. What's that? That's the same way I grew up. My yeah. dad didn't give us, it wasn't like, hey, what time you guys want to get up in the morning? Yeah. We never, I mean, there was no choice. It was like, yeah. hey, yeah. get your butts out of bed. It's time to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's great. So, Okay. So you, you kind of go down this path. You think you're going to be, uh, you know, an engineer and then you're like, Oh, I guess I'm not. Cause I didn't really know what it entailed. And I figured out it's sitting behind a desk, you know, drawing things. And I don't really want to do that. And so you figure that out, you get into the business, into the family business. And I'm sure that had its struggles and its ups and downs here and there. I mean, like any business. Right. And I mean, I ran, I was with my father's construction company for years before I got into, or kind of kind of led me to my path. And we had other, we had partners, we had, we had a partner and then their family. And that, that got a little ugly because we had a lot of friction and it was just like a bad marriage. But I learned a lot, you know, from that. I learned mm -hmm. what I want, what I don't want. And also when you're hiring people, all of that stuff. But so you moving forward though, how does, how does gold rush come into the equation? Right? Like, are you just friends with, with Todd at the time? And he's like, Hey, I got this thing I'm doing. And you might want to come on over. Like, I, I don't even know. And you probably have said that in maybe one of the, the, the dirt, you know, the talk or any of that stuff. But like, how does that even come about? Yeah. So a little, let me go back just a little bit. So the, sure. the business is successful. And I'm, I'm the guy that was always striving for the next thing. I, mm -hmm. I probably, I tried to start three separate rock quarries. Uh, I tried to start new businesses. And now if you, if you look at my older brother, he's very conservative. He's the guy that handles all the funds and he, we call him dollar Dan. And so every time I would take a, take a risk and want to go try to do something, it was like Dan wanted to hang on to the money and kind of stay a lot more conservative point of view. Mm -hmm. So I work at that rock quarry for, I'm like there 25 years. Right. And I'm always looking for the next best thing. Well, I start to figure out it's not going to happen. Mm. And I feel somewhat trapped and stifled my creativity, my, my problem solving skills that I want to do. I'm always looking for the next challenge. I love mm. to problem solve and, and challenges. And so, and I'm a, me and my wife are people of faith. So I'm praying to God that, uh, what's next for me? I'm kind of bored in this business. And then, uh, I meet Todd Hoffman. <laughs> and Todd comes to me. We were looking for, oh, it was when all three of my kids graduated college. Okay. And we're looking, we're going to have a, you know, a smaller party, a family gathering and just honor all the kids. Mm -hmm. And Todd and his family had a lodge that, you know, you could get about a hundred people in. So we go to visit Todd's mom about the lodge and Todd goes, Hey, you're that guy up there at the rock court. I go, yeah. And he goes, come here. I want to show you something. And we start looking at his equipment that he's going to take to Alaska. Now he doesn't tell me he's going to do a TV show. He's just telling me that him and a buddy and his dad are going to go gold mining in Alaska. Yeah. I look at it all of his equipment. And I'm like, dude, this is not going to make it. And I'm now I, I like Todd. Great guy. He's very charismatic. He's friendly. 
And uh, so I'm like, I'll just help you out. So I take him up to the rock pit and we helped him out. We gave him pumps, you know, helped him set up his, uh, his generator. We wired up his generator and I'm just helping a brother out. Right, Once right. I'm helping him over a couple months period, he tells me, he goes, I'm going to get a TV show. No, now think about that. You're like, you're going to get a TV show. Good luck with that, pal. Yeah, right. And uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. So then about the end of May that one year, he calls me up and he goes, hey, we're, we're getting ready to go load up our equipment. Can you come help? So I said, sure, I'll come down, spend the morning with you. And I show up and sure enough, he's got cameras and producers and sound guys. I'm like, son of a gun. He pulled it off. Wow. And off we went. So, so then for me, think of, think of the enticements from, uh, from my standpoint. I mean, mm. he's going to get gold. Mm-hmm. He's got TV mm. and it's in the Alaska wilderness. Mm. I'm like, all, I'm all in. How do I get on this bandwagon? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't offer anything to me and they left. So I thought, well, okay. that was cool. And off to Alaska, he goes. He, did, he calls me back at the end of June, and he says, hey, we can't get this wash plant going. Would you come up? Now, that's when I first got on the show, and that uh, was, you know, like episode three or four. Uh-huh. So I show up. Thankfully, I was able to figure it out. We got the plant going. Um, they liked me. The TV liked me. But you got to realize, Scott, that that first year, we were trailblazing. There was nothing like gold rush no i thought i thought it was the stupidest idea in the world why would anybody want to watch a group of guys mining because i thought it was you know let's you just dig up the ground you run it through the sluice box who would want to watch that yeah so i really thought it was going to fail i thought it was a cool adventure i'm going up there going to hang out in alaska and help these guys Mm. so i was supposed to be there seven days i went on my own dime just you know my money and just to help out was there for about 10 days, the 11th day, we got everything going. Big victory. Now they get a couple more episodes. Things are clicking along. And then he calls me back in September and says, hey, we're having a tough time getting down to the bottom of this hole where they were digging. Yeah. So, again, I went up, got on a couple more episodes, and, they, and again, the, the TV seemed to like me. And so uh, we pulled it off. And then we're watching – you know, we're watching the first episode and nobody knows. First episode starts out like, and they didn't really advertise it. Yeah, yeah. It started, the, the, the curve was exponential that started people watching it. You know, there might have been 100 or 200,000 people watching. The next one was like 400,000. Then it hit three quarters mm-hmm. of a million. Then it hit a million. And it was unbelievable the timing of that show because, again, it was a bad time. It, country's economy yeah and people wanted to see somebody succeed now we never really yeah. succeeded but we we took people on that journey and then season two came along they asked me to to be on it and i told them i'd do half the time with the family business half the time with the with the tv mm. and then i i love the whole process scott because it mm. taught me it taught me how to mine in a different location how to problem solve the other thing i learned this is an important thing when i was running the family business i signed the paycheck yep now i'm going into a group of guys that i don't know and somehow i've got the 
the knowledge, how do I impart that? How do I lead without being the guy that pays their bills? Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about leading and managing people and not having the final say so. It was mm-hmm. a real challenge. I had to, and for me, it's always been about, even when I was a kid, dad made me the, the paving boss. Mm-hmm. At, at I was like 18. And I learned that the only way I could uh, lead and motivate, I had to outwork them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got on the show the second year and I just shut my mouth. I just worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. And they found out that, that I knew what I was doing. I made good decisions. And then, you know, then they started following me. And then I became the guy that was kind of managing the guys, managing the mining mm-hmm. and doing that. And I, I just loved it. It was, it yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how all that unfolded and even to how you arrived where you are today, right? Like you being on that show. And then, I mean, Todd's not even part of it anymore. And it's kind of like, like you said, it's kind of like what started that path. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Parker becomes, you know, this, you know, kind of like the, the star of that show now, you know what I mean? And Tony beats. And, and I do think a lot of times it's personality. I I think uh, of course it's good TV. It's, it's all that stuff. And I think for you, it was at least for me looking, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, it, you just looked real, honest, hardworking, level-headed, um, although you had some, uh, some issues there where, where you got, got a little, got a little tiff there, but that was good TV. That was good TV, by the way. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I felt it like everybody, I think they're, they're on your side. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, we all seen that kind of coming and whatever. Um, but it made good TV, but it also shows you that, you know, tempers can flare when things aren't working great, right? Like it's like, and how do you manage that? And I think you brought up a great point managing people isn't always easy. It's not about being the boss. Like I was a foreman for my father at his company. Same thing. It's like, I never was above anyone. I would work my butt off, but I would also show them that I'll get in there and I'll dig that right along with you. I'm not better than you. Um, and I think that's important. And you do that all the time. I see that all the time. You're getting dirty. You're down in there. You're not like telling people they have to do it on something that you wouldn't do yourself, you know? So what happens, what happens though, Dave, when you, Okay. So all of this is starting to happen. And I forget how many seasons it was when, you know, that tiff happened. And then that's kind of, is that what made it you to you were like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore with that crew um, where I'm going to, I want to go out and do something on my own maybe, or how does that shift happen? And it had to be like, kind of, I guess, weird and hard at the same time, because you're kind of like, you were going down that path. I'm assuming you were enjoying it, but then you're like, there's conflict. Yeah, so the way <clears throat> it was a slow, slow process in the early years. Um, it, again, I was kind of setting up the process and the mining and all that. And so I would, and one of the first year that my wife and I decided to go up, we're like, we decided that look, these guys are unorganized. It's kind of chaos, and so we we agreed that we're going to try to, or I would lead. So my wife did is she would cook breakfast for us every morning. We'd have a a meeting and we, we would do a a quick Bible verse and do some prayer and then off to work we'd go and we kind of lay out the day and it was great, man, because uh, you would deal with the issues and the, the conflict. You would deal with it in my little trailer. 
Mm-hmm. And we did that for the, like the first three or four years. And, and then as it progressed, a couple things happened that started to become less important, mm-hmm. uh, less attendance. People wouldn't, you know, didn't care. And so mm-hmm. you start to not deal with the issues because it's a pressure cooker what we do. You know, mm-hmm. we're all together 24-7. We're in a small mm-hmm. camp and we're working together. And when you when you're in front of the camera, your whole life is exposed. So it's like you put a lid on it, right? And you, you start turning the heat up. Mm. Well, if you don't relieve that pressure, <laughs> it's going to blow. Yep. And along the same time is that uh, my, myself as a TV character, if you want to say that, mm-hmm. or yep. the, in, in the show starts to, to rise because I'm doing a lot of the calling the shots. Mm-hmm. I'm organizing and Todd starts to see that. So he starts to pull some of that mm. responsibility from me. Uh-huh. Now I'm not calling all the shots. It's all his money. And I tried to work my way into some ownership and he was like, Nope, ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I start feeling like I'm being once again, put down and, and less, uh, mm-hmm. and he's calling more of the shots cause he wants to stay that guy. Yeah, yeah. And then that last season, he hires a guy that was, you know, going to be our safety guy. And that guy did not like me, didn't buy, mm. and he did not have any regards for authority. Mm. And I told my wife, I said, I need to just get through this season. I said, it's not good. And I warned Todd a couple times. I'm like, Todd, you need to handle this. And he didn't. Then that broke out. And I'm not, you know, I, I had my part in it. And I'm never going to, deny that I was, you know, you know, I had responsibility in that whole deal. However, when it did explode, um, I told Todd, it was straight up. I said, I can't work with the guy. And I says, at this point in my life, I, I won't. Mm. And so he hired him back and that was just an easy answer. Mm. And then, uh, it's kind of interesting because, uh, it really, it really affected me psychologically. You know, we all, we all think we're tough and we can handle anything that took me to my knees, mm. brother. I'm telling you, I was, uh, in, in, in what way though? Like, I mean, just, well, I lost, I, I lost my identity. Mm. You think about it. I was Dozer mm. Dave mm-hmm. at, at a point. There was 5 million people that would watch mm. that show on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And now it was the same thing as when I quit playing football. Mm-hmm. I remember walking around the campus going, I'm just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer the football player. And mm-hmm. same thing after Gold Rush. I'm like, I'm no longer Dozer Dave. Mm-hmm. I'm just a regular dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, my wife, you know, she helped pull me through it. And the other thing that happened was I met two other gentlemen at the same time that did the same thing. There was a, a very good friend of mine. He was the Portland Trailblazer voice for the trailblazers uh oh wow and and he was 17 years right 17 years he did commentator for the portland trailblazers Mm -hmm. happened to him at the same time we end up meeting each other another friend was a a oregon's uh state senator for 10 years okay taken away he's no longer senator atkinson um mike is no longer the voice of the blazers and there's Mm -hmm. me i'm no longer dozer dave and what we did is we kind of hooked up 
and we helped each other deal with it because we're all mm -hmm. going through kind of a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And we actually started, we tried to do a couple, another TV show, and I thought it was a great idea. And it was about helping people through difficult times, but going into the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we had a great time doing the TV show. It never took off. Nobody wanted to watch three guys, you know. But anyway, <laughs> that helped. It really did help me get through. Mm. And then to get back to TV, I hooked up with some investors that wanted to get into gold and gold properties. And uh. they hired me. And I was a partner to look for properties. And I started doing it as I was prospecting. I met so many amazing people. Mm. I started the YouTube channel and it started taking off and then people started noticing that I had still had a following mm. and then they approached me to do my own show. Yeah. I was, I was going to say like, so <laughs> it's interesting because you had all that attention on gold rush and like, that's kind of what we talk about too here, Dave on, on the podcast. It's like, you know, once you get attention, what do you do with it? And then yeah. how, how do you, how do you literally like, no one wants to talk about making money with it, but that's technically what you, what you're trying to do. I mean, we're all trying to do that, but also in whatever you're doing to monetize it is hopefully beneficial to the people that are, that are paying you or watching commercials or whatever it is in your case. Right. But like, how do you take those 5 million viewers every Friday night and get even 25% of them to follow Dave and whatever Dave does in the future, they're going to follow. Right. And then, you know, it doesn't matter if you come out with merch, if you come out with a new TV show, if you come out with a YouTube channel, whatever, there's a way for, for you to still do what you love and also give people the entertainment that they want. Right. Cause I love watching it. Like I would, and I, and honestly, when you left the show, I was like, Oh, that sucks. Like it did. I, I said, and I'm, and then you started, I heard you were going to come out with your show. I'm like, Oh, awesome. He's going to have his own show. That means I get to kind of just see Dave now as the head guy, but he's managing all the guys and seeing how the camaraderie is and all of that stuff. So I was excited about it, right? And I was also excited that you didn't leave forever, um, yeah. even though you took a little bit of a break. Um, but it's interesting to hear your thoughts through it because everyone else would be like, oh, well, you know, Dave's Dave now. Dave, you know, Dozer Dave, like he's got that name. What's he going to do with it? And you still struggled because you felt like it was kind of like taken away. And now it's like, now I'm just, you know, the same old guy I was before I started the show. But really, you weren't. <laughs> it's just really, what was your next move? Um, so it's interesting to hear that struggle. Um, yeah. And let me, uh, just again, for somebody that's listening that wants to get into business, you know, some people look at that and go, oh, he, you know, he had a, a, a silver spoon. It was a, a golden, yeah. uh, it was a, a yellow brick road that he followed. Yeah. Let me tell you, Scott, we failed at that, that show. I failed mm -hmm. at, um, three or four different endeavors going through that. And I remember laying, it, laying in bed going, man, I can't put anything together. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm like, how am I going to pay the bills? And I mm. thought to myself, I'm going to have to go back to the family business. I'm going to have to go back to the brothers and say, hey, I can't put anything together. Can I have my old job back? That was humbling. Mm. And so it wasn't, it wasn't just like snap your fingers and you got a TV show. It was a right. lot of work. Mm. I had to pitch it. Uh, we had to go see TV execs and that's a humbling experience in, in itself. I'm not from that world. Mm. I never forget. I'm, I'm sitting in Hollywood right above Rodeo drive and I got a couple, couple TV execs and man, they are slick mm -hmm. and there's me. I'm a, I'm a minor, right? right I mean, I, right. I don't, 
I don't know this world and I'm looking out and it's surreal. Mm. We're up on this balcony and, and I'm in Hollywood and I'm like, man, I don't belong here, but it mm. doesn't come easy. But mm. I love the challenge because I'm like, I have to sell myself. Mm. I have to sell this product. And mm. I just, you know, we just did it and we just mm. kept going. I didn't give up. Yeah. And so, so part of, part of what I'm hearing then is there, like, there's the drive for like, let's go find gold. But then also, how can we create this show around it that entertains and, and educates and inspires people? Because I really look at it as like, it's an, it's an inspirational thing too, because people all want to see you win. But even yeah. though you don't win, they're still there rooting for you because they want to see you win, right? And, and I think that's, that's what it is at, at the end of the day is we want to see you succeed, but we also are trying to see ourselves succeed at what we're doing. And we kind of say, oh, well, they're keep, they keep digging, you know, even though they, they didn't hit any this time or the wash plant broke and now they got to fix it and they're down for a week and they're losing, you know, thousands of dollars per day. Um, so it, it kind of goes into perspective, but it's interesting. I want to go back to like, you guys pitched a, you know, a, a new show or a few new shows and they don't work. What does that do to your, your psyche, you know, to your mindset at that point? Like, what do you, how do you push through that and go, Oh, maybe the next one's going to be it. Cause most people would stop. They'd be like, Oh, that's it. I'm just going to go back and ask for my old job back. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great question because you know, when, when we have an idea, you got an idea for a business or something, right. Yep. And, and you're, and you have to sell it. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, it's like, what is wrong with you guys? This is the best idea in the whole wide world. Right. You guys just aren't getting it. But mm. then you said, but then eventually you have to look at yourself and go, all right, maybe it isn't such a great idea. Maybe mm. it does have flaws, but there's nobody in the business that tells you, Hey, if you change this, maybe this will work. Or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We just had an idea and we, we went through with it and we, and we spent a lot of money to pitch the show and then it, it you know, nobody wants it. And we're like, mm. and so we started doing a couple other things and then, and then I hooked up with those other guys and I thought, well, you know what, let's just do a YouTube channel. It mm. was fairly inexpensive yep. yep. and let's just see if the people will follow. Now it's mm. not like I have to take it to a TV exec and sell exactly. him. Now it's just, will people watch it? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a different way of thinking. And then what we started to figure out is that people will watch. Mm. And then that got the TV executives attention. Mm. So it was like I did, you know, I, I ran up against the brick wall with the TV execs. And so I thought, all right, let's just take it to the people. Mm. And they wanted to watch it. And mm. then it got some attention from the TV execs. But again, so they come to me and then they go, well, you're doing it anyway. Would you do another? And this is what mm. they said. Would you do a Gold Rush spinoff? Mm. No, I don't want to do a spinoff. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to create something that's already created. I said, mm -hmm. I want to do something a little bit different. And thankfully, I got the, the TV exec that I'm working with started Gold Rush. Oh, okay. He was the very first guy. And we had a friendship. And I really like him. His name's Sam Maynard. Great guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... With that, he was like, all right, what, what's your idea? And we start working through this idea and creating something. Because what I wanted was something that was a little more real. I wanted mm -hmm. to show real people mm -hmm. mining and how important mining is to our country and mm -hmm. to our history, the history of this mm -hmm. country. You know, the, 
biggest migration west of the Mississippi was because of gold. Mm -hmm. The California gold rush brought hundreds of thousands. It was the highest, the biggest migration of people to, you know, to the West was for mm -hmm. gold. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, as a country or a people or even a family, if we forget our history, I think it's it's a sad thing. So I wanted to bring history and real people and the characters I meet, mm -hmm. characters that their their dad was a underground miner, then their son's an underground miner, and there's generations of people that were tied to that land. Mm -hmm. I got a call from a lady that uh, she goes, "I want you to come look at my mine." I said, "Okay, well, you know what do you got?" And I did some investigations, and she goes, "When you're in there." will you bring my grandpa's bones out? And I'm like, oh, no. what? <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> but that's, a, you know, her grandpa died in that mine. And she wow. looked to me like, hey, come start this mine for my grandpa and get it back going. And then yeah. while you're there, would you extract his bones? Oh my so I looked into it, but I had to break her heart because I was like, look, you don't have enough value. The amount of money it takes to start it up um, won't, you know, and a lot of people these days, they don't, they've got old claims from their grandpa or, or mm -hmm. somebody in their past. And they have no idea what to do with them. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to help them through that process. And as I was doing that, I was like, this would make a pretty good TV show. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because I mean I do even when they when they show like clips um, just about like history and they give you those little those little nuggets if you will of like of like the history I always find that fascinating and I wasn't a big history uh, you know buff in, in high school I actually didn't really care for history at that time now I enjoy it more way way, way more now because I like to learn more about like where things came from and what people went through and even seeing the miners of what they went through and what they did. And now the machinery and everything that we have, even though it's still hard, it was a lot harder uh, back in the day. But so when you go to a site like that, what is your, what is your validation process really? Is it drilling and seeing what it will produce in certain areas in order to give them that? Or are you just looking at like old drills that were done? Uh, a little both. <clears throat> what, what we're doing is uh, <clears throat> we have a process. I'll go in and just, I, I, I'm a visual hands-on boots on the ground type of guy mm -hmm. i do like to look at evidence i'll look at the the historical evidence you know were mm -hmm. there mining is there mining around it you know mm -hmm. was it a successful mine in the past all those things you know play into the equation but then it's just really getting on the ground and you know uh i love to to pan with a pan mm -hmm. uh scoop gravel in the water it for me it's therapeutic it's mm -hmm. just I absolutely love it because it's kind of like business or life. You know, you've got a pan of dirt, right? Mm -hmm. Now, 99.999% of it's dirt right. and gravel. Right. But when you start panning it down and all that stuff starts washing away, right? Mm -hmm. And all the hard work and you get down to the bottom and there's, you know, a little bit of gold. You're like, boom, there I it hit is. it. So yeah. I just love that. It's like taking... It's taken like condensing it and, you know, you either have gold in the pan or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you probably look at like how much, and then you start doing your yardage calculations and all of that, all of that stuff that an engineer would be good at, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, so it came in handy. Right. But it's the same thing when you start a business, isn't it? Right. You, you, right. 
you don't just start a business and go, Hey, I want to build houses. Right. You, you know, it, there's a process to, yep. to become good at it or, you know, or to start a business. And so mm. you gotta, you gotta do the hard work. Mm. So let, let me ask you this about competition. Cause you, you, you like sports, obviously you played sports and all of that stuff. Does competition play at all a role in this where you're like, do you pay attention at all to Tony beats? And do you pay attention to Parker, that little kid, that little frigging kid, right? Do you pay attention? Come on, be, be real with us here on, on the show here. Come on, Dave. It's gotta be a little bit there. I'm going to beat that little pecker head. I'm going to beat him. Right. Um. <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, I do pay attention to the ratings and I, Why <laughs> I not? Pay attention. and, <clears throat> uh, you're right. So our shows, <laughs> the third highest rated show on discovery channel, <clears throat> uh, gold rush, the main show's number one, Parker's mm -hmm. trails, number two, and we're number three. Nice. So, uh, if you ask me, do I want to be number one? Uh, yeah, that'd be, kind of cool <laughs> right i mean come on uh, yeah right? You're, you're right <clears throat> but there is a uh with that i've always been competitive i mean um i played sports growing up all the way through and now i play golf because i'm an old guy but it's the one thing i can still compete at right. and i and so and it's the thing that i'll never conquer too uh, oh. and there, yeah. you know i'll never conquer golf so it's a good sport for me, mm. but competition can actually uh, hurt. I think your business too. For mm. instance, uh, um, when we were in the show of Gold Rush, even with my guys, if you start to do internal competition, you know, one side of your team against your other side of the team, mm. it can kind of get away from you. Uh, yeah, I because can see that. You know what I mean. So mm -hmm. you got to really be careful that it it doesn't get to be like uh one side against each other and then you're yeah you've got to keep the teamwork and the framework mm. together so that you're over you're all trying to accomplish the same goal i felt like some of the competition within gold rush wasn't real constructive and it, i thought it was detrimental to mm -hmm. our crew mm -hmm. and so i'll still do competitions with my guys but i i have to say, look, we're all a team. We're all mm. family. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to compete against your brother, but when it's over with, put your arm around him and, and say, Hey, good game. So I have yeah. to, I, I've learned that you got to be careful, you mm. know, with, with competition within your own group. Mm. No, yeah. I, I could see how that, you don't want to turn, you know, your, your, your guys against each other. Uh, but like you said, I think a fun little competition is always fun, but I think even externally, um, and again, I like, you know, for you to be saying like, what, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, again, like, I don't, and I don't know how much, you know, like during the season and after the season, like, do you get like Parker's results and you're like, holy crap, he did like, you know, 6,000 ounces. That's crazy. You know, like, you know, and so I guess like on that side of it, is that encouraging, inspiring to you? Or is it more of a, holy crap, like we should be doing more. You know what I mean? Because we can get into the comparison game too, which is also, I think, bad because then we're, it's like, what, what is success to you and your team might be different than what it is to Parker and yeah. his team, right? Yeah, you're exactly right, Scott. I can't compete with what Parker does. My show, the concept is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. We've tried to keep it 
small. Um, we've tried to keep it, you know, about a group of guys trying to succeed and pay the bills for their family, mm -hmm. but also that it's finding these lost and abandoned mines. And so mm -hmm. it's trying to bring something from nothing. Uh, there's a, and so many of these mines that we investigate, we don't know why they shut down. Mm. Uh, a lot of it was World War II, you know, in World War II, uh, they were like, every, all the men have to go off to work uh, mm. for, the, for the war effort. Mm. And so they shut these mines down. A lot of them never started back up. And so it's, mm. we're going in, checking these mines out. So it's a little bit different thing than like Gold Rush. It, it's, become, it's become a huge industry. I mean, he's mm. got a lot of people working, a lot of moving parts. We tried to keep my show smaller uh mm. would i like to get six thousand ounces i'd love that mm -hmm. i don't think it's, yeah, yeah it takes yeah. a lot of work you have yeah. to move a lot of dirt mm. uh, parker has become a very good miner mm -hmm. and he knows how to move dirt and find gold but mm. here's the other thing that i learned that i really love scott is i used to think i was a good miner when i worked 25 years at a rock pit mm. and i was a good miner in this world. The minute I stepped out of my world, right. buddy, I found out I didn't know anything. Because mm. then I went to the Yukon. I went from the Yukon to Guyana, South America. I went from I South America. I've been, I've been all over. And the more I learn, the more mm. I realize I don't know crap. Mm. Mm. And it's kind of fun to take it's fun for me to take my experience, my knowledge, my wisdom and apply it to a brand new place that I've never mm -hmm. been. And then I have to go through that whole process all over again of learning the ground. What's it going to take? How do I mine it? What's it going to mm -hmm. take to set up the right plant, the right crew, the right equipment? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love that. Every day I'm problem yeah, you, solving. I was going to say you, you love solving problems. You, you can totally tell that. So let's, we're, we're going to wrap this up, but I, I, I want to, I kind of want to, speak to where where do you go from here right like where is dave in five years do you like if i was to say okay in five years let's let's kind of go in the time machine and go forward in five years like are you doing the same exact thing or do you have other things that are on your agenda or in in your on your bucket list that you want to do business wise um maybe if you can just kind of help us understand where, where dave's mind is right now yeah so it, my philosophy is i want to train my guys up so that they're smarter than me. They're better miners than me. And then I'd love to turn it over. Mm. I don't, I don't need to be the biggest and the best and stand there and go, woohoo, look what I did. Mm. Uh, mm. For me, the joy will come when I just slip away and let my guys take over. Mm. And I told them that Scott, I'm like, look, I don't, my back is wore out. I can't mm. continue to work at this pace. I'm 61 and I'm working with, you know, 30 and 40 year olds. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I cannot continue to do it at this pace. And so I told him, I said, look, make this what you want out of it. If you want to do this and continue with it, I'm open to it, man. In five years, it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll step away. I'll go find something else. I'd like to do something. I enjoy this. I enjoy sharing my knowledge and wisdom. Mm. And uh, so I wouldn't mind continuing to do it. But I told him, I said, if you guys want it, it's yours. Mm. Step up. Yeah, it's, I think that's great. And I think, 
again, it's like, where is the next climb? We don't always know, right? Like for you, whatever you're doing now, and I'm always, I'm a big believer in that. I wrote a book called The Take Action Effect, meaning basically everything we do, a moment or a decision is going to lead us to the next thing or the thing we're working on now for the next five years could build us up and set us up to where we're supposed to go next. And I'm not necessarily sure you have to know that, but I can hear just from what you've shared already, you want to teach people to basically go out there and provide for themselves and be smarter and, and, you know, care, take your wisdom and, uh, and just, you know, spread that. And, and that might be in a whole nother area. Who knows? Could be like how to get your own TV show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got some knowledge there too, right? You've learned a lot through that with those execs yeah. and stuff, right? So, yeah. um, anyway, Dave, I, I want to thank you. I want to take up too much, too much more of your time. Uh, again, I just really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you got a little bit of a little sliver of a break, but then you're back out there and uh, really, really uh, anxious to watch the upcoming season. Why don't you let people know a little bit more of where they can connect with you and, uh, and also where they should go to, to watch you uh, in the upcoming yeah. season? Yeah, well, thank you, Scott, for having me. Um, obviously, it's on Discovery Channel. The new season comes out. We'll start the new season. It'll be in... Uh, October. I've got a website called dozerdave.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, GR Dozer Dave. So yeah, check me out. And uh, I enjoy it. Just a couple, just a little bit of wisdom as I'm leaving. Mm. I've always felt like it's like, you know, the government's not looking out for me and my guys. Um, nobody's looking out for us. So if we take care of ourselves and we've got a family and we put our boots on and and go to work. That's mm -hmm. what it's about. It's like for us, it's get off the couch mm -hmm. and we're going to make mistakes. But we, if we work through it together, I think we're going to be successful. And that's the same with, I believe our country, our mm -hmm. country's in a tough spot right now. Oh yeah. And I just feel like we need to, instead of dividing, if mm -hmm. we can, you know, become a, a, a country, a people and try to solve these problems together and mm -hmm. put our boots on and, and get out there and go back to work, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And uh, once again, great wisdom. I appreciate you. I'll be watching you and be rooting for you as well as I always do and, and your guys. And again, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you can tell you're, you're passionate about it and you're helping a lot of people uh, not just be entertained, but also give them inspiration, motivation. So Dave, once again, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, Scott. All right. Be good. All right. Well, I wasn't kidding, right? What an amazing interview. What an amazing guy. I'm super excited again that he decided to come on and, uh, and really share all of this, but really now I feel as though I'm a friend of Dave Turin, which is pretty cool. And, uh, we get to actually maybe meet up in the future. Actually, we talked about, uh, me, uh, when I go on the road, I might do a little RV trip. Uh, and, uh, I talked about maybe going out his way and maybe sitting down and doing an in-person interview, which I think would be absolutely amazing. And, uh, and just again, get to know him more on a personal level. I just really, really, really enjoyed my time with him. So anyway, that's going to wrap up this episode. You might want to go back and listen to that one again, but this is episode 858. So you can find the show notes, the transcripts by heading over to brandcreators.com forward slash 858. All right, guys, as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action, have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next 
episode. Now let's rock your brand.